Staffordshire's had a whole crop of flying saucers. Spots in the sky, lights in the sky, strange things. But the strangest of all was seen one day over this cottage. Mr. and Mrs. Rustenberg were living there, quietly, out in the country. And, well, what, you just tell me what you saw. Well, this was one ordinary day. I was waiting for my husband to come home from work and my two sons went to Cyford to school and I was getting changed and I heard this terrific noise. It was just like a giant cauldron of water being poured onto a, a fire-ish sort of noise, you know. And my first reaction was, oh, the children. I thought maybe a plane was crashing or something like that. And I... Uh, slipped my jumper on and went outside to find my two sons lying flat on the ground in the garden in front of the house shouting mummy mummy there's a flying saucer well naturally I just said come on don't be stupid come in the house but felt sort of a strange sensation uh, went in my way up the side of the house to where we had a pump where we used to get all our water from and um, automatically looked up to see this all I can describe this huge Mexican hat it was stationary this thing and it was bright silver in color and it had a dome a dome it was tilted to sort of I could see the occupants in it you saw people in it I saw people in it there were two people in there um, these people were beautiful people. That's the only way I can des describe them. Um, they had long golden hair, like a page boy, page boy bob, just like the old kings. You used to see photographs of the old kings. And the, the colour of the hair was golden. Now, I was really... What I, were they dressed in? They, they had a sort of a pole neck jumper affair, like a ski top suit, mm. in, in pale blue. Now, these people weren't sat behind, one behind the other. They were sat together, but this, whatever it was, was tilted so that I could see them and they could see me. Were you looking at them through windows, through portholes? Um, no, not portholes. It was just sort of the... like a cockpit, I suppose, that had this perspective or glass or whatever it was. They could see me anyway and I could see them. And um, they were, uh, they had beautiful faces. I shall never forget their faces as long as I live. Their foreheads seemed to be a, a bit larger than, you know, the, the bottom of their faces as, as normal people you would expect to see. But um, maybe this is, was just the, whatever they had around their heads, which was like a transparent fishbowl. And they just looped. And I was absolutely paralytic with fear. I couldn't move, although my mind was ticking over. And they looked so sympathetic that I was just mesmerized for what seemed to be, oh, ages, but it could have only been seconds. And I turned to sort of look down at the boys, was unaware that they were with me because I was so absorbed. And the next thing, I looked up and it was gone. How low had it been? It had been the, the height, I couldn't tell you. But the house that you've seen, it was just on top of the roof. It was hovering on top of the, the roof. How big was it compared with the size compared, of the house? It, it, it swallowed the, the whole circumference of, of the roof. I couldn't see the roof was completely blotted out. 
the chimneys I couldn't see. All I could see was this massive uh, object that I described as a, like a Mexican's hat, a Mexican hat without the bubbles. And then it flew away sideways or upwards? No, or? It, I, I didn't see. I just looked up and it had gone. But I assume it went straight up. Because for a short while after in the sky I looked around and I said to my two boys, well, can you see anything? Can you see anything? And they said, there it is, Mum. And they pointed up and I watched it. It was just like a little cotton wheel in the sky. And it circled us three times. It went round three times and then it just shot off. And that was it. When I started to analyse my, myself afterwards, uh, I feared that I might have had a, a hallucination. But then I knew I, I hadn't had because my sons were so sure about what they'd seen and what I'd seen. And I went, it went through my mind that it was a secret uh, weapon from Russia. And then I thought, well, it can't be that because if they had something like that, they wouldn't need to fear anybody or anything. Were you but, scared by it? Did you run indoors? Oh, I was petrified. I couldn't move. I couldn't move a muscle. I was paralyzed with fear. But um, now I wouldn't be. Because now, when I look back, you know, I think, what, what, what an amazing thing to have happened, and for me to have seen it. And when your husband came home, where were you? Well, when my husband came home from the office, I was locked in the house with my children, under a big kitchen table that we were using. Under the table? Under the table, yes. It's funny now, when I look back, you know, it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but this is the truth. This happened. And that's it. We were ridiculed, it was very embarrassing at the time, and people, they, they possibly thought, oh, she's a nutter, but you know, who cares? It, this is something that's happened to me, and I'm a practically-minded person, and that's it. Hey guys, this is a scene from an England UFO documentary out of this world and is amazing. Watch her face when she tells her story. But first I am sure you are seeing the image on your screen. Yes, it is as crazy as it seems. Please click on the card at the end of this video or click on the link in the description to check it out. L. ETS do this. One November evening last year, Mrs. Bowles and a friend of the family, Mr. Pratt, were driving out of Winchester when they saw a light in the sky. A light seen by many other people that night. This is where we see the large orange light. That's right, yes, we did. Yes, on their left. On the left here. Yes. And then... then it disappeared, and I am coming up to it now. It appeared again here. But right. it started harboring down below the back of these trees and the hedges here. We came on down the road for another quarter of a mile, maybe a bit more. We turned sharp left to come into Chilcombe Lane. the bad bend, isn't it? Going down this lane, and uh, we, we were doing about 20 mile an hour, maybe 20, 25 mile an hour. Done about 70 yards then, all of a sudden this car suddenly went crazy. It just leapt off the road to the right, and the engine started to rev. We hit the grass verge, which is a very wide grass verge, about 15 yards wide, and we were heading towards a high hedge. So I grabbed the steering wheel as Mrs. Bowles was fighting with it, and suddenly the car straightened itself. We came down the grass roads for about 10 to 15 yards, 
and we came to a stop. And it was though we hit an invisible barrier, which did, it, it gave, because it didn't throw me forward into the seat, but it gave, and then brought us back to our normal stopping position. That was when we see... Well, then the... Sorry, yes. That was when we see what I shall say, a cigar-shaped object hovering in front of us. Inside were three figures. Yes, they had it like a cockpit in the, the, the cabin, was in the, the front of the cigar-shaped thing, uh, and was uh, lit up, but um, not glowingly lit up. It was a very easy light to look at. It was hovering, it had either steam or vapour coming out like, like gas jets. Then I see one of these figures get out of this thing, this yes. object, and yes. it started walking across towards me. Yes, it was. Now, as it was walking across towards me, I heard a whistle. Which I didn't so hear. It's like a, a whistling kettle starting to whistle. Now, he had on like a boiler suit, but it was with a polar neck collar. He had a seam down on his right hand side. As he walked across, he came to my window. He put his arm on the roof of my car and looked in. Now he was a tall man, roughly six foot one, six foot two. He had pink eyes, which were very piercing. He had sideboards and a beard, which met. He looked in at me, then he looked at Ted. After looking at Ted, he looked at my dashboard and as he was looking at the dashboard my car engine started up now the car ignition keys was turned off and as the engine started up of my car my lights were my headlights were four times powerful than what they normally are which, which was it was just like a glow of white i see a movement of this figure oh by the way i grabbed ted and i said no ted don't get out don't get out because he wanted to get out and I just literally wrapped my body round Ted. And then I opened one eye, because I'd had my eyes shut. And I opened one eye and I said, Look out, Ted, he's going round the back to you. I see a movement, thinking he was going round the right, all the way round my car. Ted looked over his left hand shoulder to have a look around to see if he was coming round. And my words were, Don't open the door, Ted, don't open the door. But while Ted was looking round, and me huddled to him with my eyes closed, the figure disappeared with the object. After starting, after it gone, after a few seconds, which seemed hours to us, I started, Ted said, well, let's go. Oh, he asked me if he could drive. And I said, not likely. It only meant because it meant me getting out of my car. I put it in first and started off, but we could not move. It was as though as we were still hitting an invisible barrier. Well, I put her back in neutral and waited for a few seconds, and then I started off again. And we went off perfectly normal in the car. On the Monday, when I got up, I had a rash on my face, down my neck, and on, along onto my shoulder. Which side? On the right-hand side. It was all, like, blotchy. It could have been a nerve rash, or it could have been where that gentleman was stood by my window. Incidentally, since this happening, I have had a telephone call from a person from London telling me on no account am I to say anything to anyone about this, what we've seen, because I should be having a government official come round to see me. 
And after all, this is England and this is a free country and I will speak and say what I want, which is the truth. 